hey, what we saw here tonight, I know for some of us, uh, maybe for most of us, uh, we're, we're very accustomed to, you know, water baptism service, but it's important for us to recognize that when we have a service like this, uh, that, that we understand it's not, it's not a ritual, it's not a custom, you know, that we do just, just to do, but in fact, it is all about the heart choice and decision to follow Christ. You know, it comes out of relationship. It comes out of obedience to the Lord. Uh, boy, I just uh, so cheer Yemi on for saying, you know what, there was a phobia that was there, but in Christ I've overcome it. And just what, what a beautiful thing uh, to, to be able to support and stand with him and all the others here today uh, in making this declaration. And the word of God tells us it's not that water baptism saves you, but it does tell us in the word that when we confess Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, that we are to take that step of obedience to be baptized in water. And it's really neat. It's, it's like a little mini drama uh, that we watch with the person going into the waters and coming out of, out of the waters, identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So uh, just awesome uh, for us to be a part of that here today. And I want to talk for a few minutes just on uh, what it is to be a genuine disciple of Christ. You know, there's a lot of terminology that people will use uh, for those that are churchgoers. You know, we could use the word churchgoer, we could use the word Christian, uh, we could use the word believer. Uh, I've heard Christ follower, you know, sometimes the lingo will change so as, uh, you, you know, to try to help it not lose its meaning. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not so much, um, you, you know, the terminology, it's, it's what is, uh, what has transpired in the life of the person that identifies themselves by uh, any of the, these things uh, that, that I just mentioned. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, uh, we're encouraged, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? And so that, that, that's an understanding, the word of God. Uh, Jesus, when he, when he was questioned by one of the Pharisees, he said that, you, you know, uh, real relationship with God is one where you must be born again. You know, and that was a terminology that this Pharisee hadn't heard because he was pretty confused by what Jesus said. You know, he was thinking no, no person can be born a second time naturally in this natural world. And, and Jesus was conveying, no, uh, every person is dead spiritually because of sin. But when we confess Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, uh, we become a brand new creation and we become born again. You know, so, uh, and then the, the promise that God uh, gives us in that is that he now dwells and lives on the inside of us. So it's not being a church attender. It's not believing in Jesus. Those are uh, b believing Jesus is who he said he is. That's great. Um, attending church is a positive thing. But it's not until we say, I personally confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of my own life. That's where the miracle takes place. The Bible says if we believe in our heart, we have to believe and then confess him as Lord. That, that's establishing him uh, on the throne of our heart, the throne of our lives, that we are saved. 
So the Bible terminology is saved, born again, given eternal life, however you know, you know, we want to look at it. Uh, but these are all uh, declarations of biblically what happens when somebody becomes a Christian. So uh, a genuine disciple of Christ, you know, it's a lifelong journey. We meet Jesus at the cross, right? And it's where we say yes to him, uh, and we become born again, and then it's this ongoing process of that God that's now living on the inside, working out to the outside in our lives. Has anybody ever heard the old uh, uh, song, I got something on the inside, working on the outside? Oh, what a change in my life. I don't know if that you've ever, you know, that's a, a, a popular Sunday school song. Uh, but that, that's speaking of God living on the inside, working out uh, to, to where I look more and more like him. That is the discipleship journey. Um, so, you know, to be genuine, to be authentic uh, is, you, you know, um, is to be not counterfeit. Uh, it's to be something that's real. Uh, Another definition actually produced by or proceeding from the alleged source or the author. Like in other words, if uh, if you have a signed baseball card, is it a genuine signature? In other words, is it really from the guy whose picture is on the card? Right? You know, so when we talk about being genuine disciples, it's are we what God said in his word that a true follower of Christ is and looks like? Uh, Jesus himself called out, let's not allow ourselves to uh, entertain counterfeit. But let's make sure that, that we are in pursuit of everything that's authentic. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 7. Verses 13 to 23, Jesus is speaking and he says, enter through the narrow gate. That's Jesus is the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only a few find it. He goes on to say in verse 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves and, and here, here's how we can tell. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So, It's interesting, the word tells us the gate is narrow. There's only one way to reconciliation with God. There's only one way to heaven, and and it's through Jesus Christ. So because there's only one way, he is the gate. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And because it's through him alone, that is a narrow gate. It's It's not hard to understand, but... We're told not many people will necessarily choose and follow that path, right? It says few there be that find it. And so when we look at church world and when we look at people, you know, I can think of, um, you know, political races over the years and hearing folks running for office saying, well, I'm a Christian. And you think, oh, well, good. You know, that, that's a blessing. And then you watch their behavior, both private and in their decisions that they make. 
and you say, wait a minute, what they said and how, and how their lifestyle is, they're not matching. You know, and Jesus really, really uh, says, hey, there, there's going to be lots of people out there that, that um, haven't taken the time to actually confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. When we confess him as Lord and he moves into our heart, we're not going to become perfect. We're, like I said, going to be a work in, the, in process, but there is going to be fruit. You know, I was thinking uh, on Sunday morning, I shared a little bit brief of a testimony. I believe it was Sunday morning. Spoke a lot. There's been a lot of different speaking times. I think it was uh, Sunday morning. Uh, speaking about my dad, what was so powerful about his testimony in him inviting Christ to be Lord of his life is I saw the fruit. Again, I didn't see somebody who became perfect overnight, but I saw a change in his heart's desire. I saw a change in his behavior. I saw a change in what he started to hunger for and what he didn't hunger for in life. And, and it, was, it really stood out and it showed me that there was something genuine that had happened in his life. And, and it, was, it, wasn't, it was never in my understanding that he got religion. You know, that, you know, he, he read a book and was doing some kind of technique. It was clear he met somebody. Amen? You, you, you know, so, and this is what Jesus is talking about. So, uh, and he goes on even further. Many will say, uh, you know, on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we, you know, basically goes on to say, didn't we do all this stuff? And then he just tells them, yeah, but I never knew you. You know, and it, it's so, you, you know, in a world that is content to do religion, which is knowing all about him without knowing him. Jesus says, that's not what's genuine. What's gen I mean, we're actually told in scripture, you know, to, to believe in Jesus, as good as that is, that doesn't make us believers. That doesn't make us Christians, I should say, right? Because we're told that the demons in hell believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And we know, obviously, they're not Christians, right? It moves, it starts with believing, but then it moves into, I confess him as Lord of my life. He moves on the inside, it moves in, occupies on the inside. We become born again, and then we start to see fruit in our lives. Can you say amen? So, so hey, a, a disciple then is, is uh, a, basically a disciplined follower, you know, so one who is saying, uh, you, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going after him. Uh, I'm going to continue to seek him. So our ultimate goal in, in what we saw here tonight in, in those that were baptized who have said, Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. You know, the ultimate goal is to know him and to follow him. I, I realize for a lot of us here, I'm preaching to the choir, but let, just let this be a reminder to stir our hearts. Uh, Jesus didn't die a nice death to make us nice little Christians, spending the rest of our life just trying not to sin. Jesus died an agonizing death to make us dangerous people. Dangerous toward what? Toward the kingdom of darkness. Dangerous toward hopelessness. Dangerous toward that that's caught in bondage and doom and despair to be those that are now his hands, his feet, his voice, his heart, in this world, that we, we have been saved by him to become dangerous against all that would steal, kill, and destroy the people that God so dearly loves. Amen?
Isn't that exciting? Uh, Jesus died so we could be born again. He died to translate us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. He died to free us from the slavery of sin and to give us sonship with the Father. And so uh, just, just for the last couple of minutes here, I want to talk about, you know, the difference. And, and you know, I, I think this is something that we see in, in our world in uh, Christendom across our nation, and I think if we don't keep our walk with God fresh and current, if we let it get stale, it can kind of move back into some of these things. So, so let me just share these. Uh, we we want to, for, for a person to be a genuine disciple, they move from believing in Jesus as Savior, but living to please themselves, to believing in Jesus as Lord in living to please God. I can remember when I first came to Christ, I learned that heaven was real, that hell was real. I realized that Jesus is who he said he is and that I was gonna stand before him someday. And it was purely selfish motivation. I realized I needed a savior. I realized I, I couldn't save myself. And so I cried out to him, and I was born again, but then I matured into a place of not just believing in him as Savior, but allowing him to be Lord of my life and call the shots. Amen. Shift number two uh, to, to move into a, a place of genuineness um, is to move from exalting opinions, feelings, and thoughts above the word of God to exalting the word of God above our opinions, feelings, and thoughts. Come on, can you say amen? Even the most mature among us, sometimes that's a battle, right? And, and I, I've, I've heard this, I never forgot it after the first time I heard it, that our, that our, our emotions and you know, feelings and all these things, they are a great servant, but they're a terrible master. And uh, boy, it goes all the way back to the fall of humanity in the garden to try to justify sin. Well, God, I know you said, but that was actually Satan's attack uh, uh, to bring deception. Did God really say? So when we move into a, a place of genuineness, we're exalting the word of God above our opinions, feelings, and thoughts. I'm, I'm excited. There's a, a sermon series coming up on Sundays uh, early on in the year here, and it's, it's basically the series is going to be five things Jesus didn't say that the world has bought into. You know, things that sound really nice, but actually they are absolutely not, and they actually stand in the face of, of, of uh, walking out our salvation. Um, all right, another shift for us to look at is, you know, um, let's, let's talk about in the arena of our possessions and our finance, and, you know, before we move into a place of genuine faith, genuine Christianity, we'll treat money as 100% ours and then give God from the leftovers. Uh, but the shift moves to treating money as 100% God's and then realizing that we're just simply stewards of it. And, that, and that, that's, that's a big step. And, you know, the word of God has so much to say uh, about our finance and how much that our, think about it, finance buys stuff here on this earth. But as, as I said in, in preparing for the offering, but it also uh, works to impact eternity. And our, our finance, even though it's 
tangible in our hands and wallets and interaction that way, the word of God tells us over and over again that it's a revealer of who and what we trust in, our level of obedience, our level of faith. So it's a great revealer on are we we walking in genuineness. All right, another shift is um, moving from... uh, Thinking of the church as a place we go to to hear what the Word of God says and to worship together, uh, moving to thinking of the church uh, as the place that we learn to do what the Word of God says. See the difference between the two? I can go to church and hear what the Word of God says, or I can go to church to learn to do what the, what the Word of God says. Amen. Uh, another shift is, uh, y- you know, we move from serving as long as it's convenient to serving him with total commitment. I am so embarrassed. I, I can remember, I-, I tell you, what a work God has done in my life. Like, if you think, well, I don't really see much, Brother Jim, I would say, trust me, if you had seen me then, you'd be saying, wow, God's done some work. I can remember uh, in my first ministry serving with our youth pastor. I, I'm so embarrassed by this. I don't even want to admit it. There was an all-nighter. And uh, boy, anybody who has ever been to like a youth all-nighter, it's, it's just the worst. There's just no other way to put it, you know? I mean, who wants to not sleep? And, you know, that's, it's, it's just not a fun thing. And so as a new youth leader, it got to be about 11 o'clock at night, and I decided, I'm tired, and I'm done serving. So I went over to the pastor and I said, hey, listen, I'm heading out. You guys have a good night. You know, and uh, for some reason, he didn't clean my clock on the spot because he really should have. Because I, 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 I had committed to being there. You know, I just, I, the, the, the genuineness, the maturity of my living as a disciple was it was just brand new being worked out in my life and and he did talk to me after the fact it it might have been about like if he spoke to me on the spot he probably would have sinned you know for how how upsetting what I did was you know but he talked to me after that you know about commitment and sticking with your commitments and and being totally surrendered to God and I can remember the difference from that time to uh, the first time we went to a youth convention and just being all in and, uh, and, and as tired as we were, just serving God and just watching him do incredible things in people's lives. Uh, another shift that we can look at here, and, and uh, we're going to end early tonight. Uh, number six, um, okay, so another shift for us to be walking as genuine believers is to move from getting offended and staying offended, if I could meddle a little bit, to getting offended, but then striving for reconciliation with all. You know, we we can't necessarily guarantee that we'll never get our toes stepped on, that we'll never get our heart hurt or or get bent out of shape by an interaction with people, whether they meant it or not, but we know we're moving into a place of genuine. You know, another definition of genuine is, you um, you know, this idea of authentic. So to be a genuine Christian is to look like him. Right at the end of the day, you know, uh, Christian means, I've heard people say it means little Christs. I, I, I don't know that it's quite saying that. I don't think that's as an accurate a way to put it. I heard somebody else say it this way, and I think it's perfect. Little of the anointed ones, because Christ means the anointed one. 
So to say that we're Christians, we are running around as those of the anointed one. You know, I think to say that we are little Christs, I don't know, that, that just gets to be too easily misunderstood as something it's not. We carry Christ in us, so because of that, we are of the anointed one. So, you, you know, uh, we should be seeing more and more of, hey, I don't see the old Jim, I see Jesus. You know, I, you, you know, I was looking at my dad, gee, I, I don't see my old dad, I see new things in him. What is that that I'm seeing in him? Oh, I'm seeing Jesus in him. Cool, you know, and, and then, you know, we, we keep growing. And the beautiful thing, right, is that we don't stop growing until we see him face to face. All right, a couple more and we'll be done. Um, moving from loving those who love us and just tolerating people who are different to just loving people, period. Just loving people. Uh, another shift from following God as long as everything is going well to following God regardless of the circumstances. Amen. There are tests that every believer will encounter in order to move to the next place in Christ. And every believer is going to have the opportunity. They're going to get that fork in the road. I'm serving him and it made my life better. Now here's an opportunity where I'm paying prices or life is harder or gee, I don't know why God didn't answer the way I wanted him to answer here, but I've made him Lord, so what do I do? You know, and we're going to have to make that decision to say, I will follow God regardless of the circumstances. You know, I mentioned to you earlier, uh, as, as, a, as a youth leader, with starting to recognize God had a, a ministry calling on my life, going from just dismally failing and serving at that all-nighter and going home early but then, you know, months later going to this youth convention and then just really pressing into God and just doing my best to serve uh, with all my might. It was before I had children and I learned something. I, I have two daughters. My youngest is going to be 21 in a few weeks. A little, little side thing. I remember when we were unloading the luggage, uh, th there was a, a young lady, a junior high lady, and I pulled out this monstrous suitcase and uh, she said, oh, that's mine. And then I pulled out another one. This was just overnight, one night. And I, and I pulled out a second one. And I said, that's, that's, that's a lot of suitcases. And she said, well, one's shoes. You know, and uh, I was like, girls do that? Like a whole suitcase just for shoes? And, and that was a little prep, knowing that God's saying, you, you want to pay attention to these kinds of things because you're going you're gonna to have daughters, Jim, you know? So, uh, but, but I can remember that youth conference, that, that little youth convention, so pressing into the Lord and probably one of the handful of defining, life-changing altar calls that I personally responded to. And we were singing uh, at the altar, worshiping, uh, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. It was in that moment where I, I think it's like the Lord catapulted forward my understanding of my walk with Christ is more about him than it is about me. Yes, he loves me. Yes, uh, th this is relationship with him. But it moved it into, it moved it out of that place of I need a savior. I need me. You, you know, all of that moving into, oh, wait a minute. This is about total surrender. This is about giving everything over to him. This is about no matter what comes down the road in life, 
and I'm just going to keep following after him. Can you say amen? Amen. So, uh, and, and then the last one, um, making a shift from seeking to know God through religion to seeking to know God through relationship. And that kind of brings us back full circle. You know, what, what we did here tonight in, in these water baptisms was not anything about following a, a religious ceremony, but it was about a heart response. Jesus, because I have made you Lord and Savior of my life, I take this step of baptism to obey you. You know, sometimes people uh, who are guests, you know, will ask, well, you know, why do you do adult baptism rather than infant baptism? And I think infant baptism is a precious thing because it's parents uh, making the decision that they want to dedicate their child uh, to faith. And that's beautiful. But when we look at, biblically speaking, a person is not heaven bound because of what their parents have done. Ultimately, even if parents do the very best in giving knowledge and understanding and training about faith and who Jesus is, every person has to make that personal choice on whether or not they will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And, you know, and, and so every time we see in Scripture people making that choice to say yes to Jesus, uh, it, it's, it's assumed, well, you say yes to him, and then you go get baptized. You say yes to him, and you get baptized. So, so that's the picture of what we saw here tonight. And it's ultimately, as a matter of fact, all of Christianity, all of the word of God, uh, it is about relationship, not religion. And if that's unclear to anybody on, well, what do you mean by it's not about religion? <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm talking about if religion is these external things I do because I believe in something and this form that I follow, that's my religion. That's actually not, that's actually not what the Bible tells us that Christianity is. Instead, it says God so loves people that couldn't rescue themselves that he did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves by sending his son to bear our sin to bear our punishment, to die on the cross for us in our place and then rise from the dead so that if we would receive and confess him, that we would partake in that work of what Jesus did on the cross. So it's been done for all of humanity, but it's applied in the lives of those who would say yes to Jesus as Lord and Savior because it's gonna come out of relationship. You know, so we see in the beginning, God created humanity for fellowship, for relationship, you know, and Jesus uh, uh, coming and, and uh, dwelling on the earth and living a sinless life and dying on the cross and rising from the dead. It's all about relationship being reconciled back to God. And, and as soon as we move away from that, we start moving into this arena of religion, which is, well, you know, I believe all this stuff about God. My, my salvation testimony, I was raised in a, a faith background, so I believed Jesus was the Christ, but I, he wasn't my Lord, and I certainly wasn't living for him. You know, and I can remember when my parents had met the Lord and confessed him, uh, the, the fellow that they were talking with, you know, I, he, you know, I said, well, what is this born again thing? You know, and he, and he, and he explained what, what I'm talking about here tonight, and I said, well, I've, I've always believed in Jesus. And he said, yeah, but it's got to move from I believe into him, I believe in him to I confess him. 
And, uh, and, and so that's the picture of what we've looked at here tonight. So I want to close with the verse I started with, uh, 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves to see whether you are uh, in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. See, back when I was having that conversation with that guy, you, you know, uh, I would have failed the test because I had not yet said, Jesus, I confess you as Lord of my life. The Bible tells us, the Bible makes it really clear, that's how we come to Christ. So, hey, I know there's probably, uh, probably most of the room here has already said yes to Jesus, but if there's anybody here tonight and you've not yet confessed him as Lord and Savior of your life, you know, the beautiful thing, the other thing that the Bible makes really clear, you know, and as a pastor over the years, I, I've had people say, maybe there's even somebody watching online and this is, you, you know, uh, this will be like the Lord speaking to you on this. I've had so many people say over the years, well, you know what, I got to get my act together first, you know, or I know there's stuff going on in my life that God won't be happy with, so I'll fix that. And then when I work on that, then I'll come to Jesus. But actually, that mindset doesn't understand what, what true Christianity is all about. The idea is we can't save ourselves. We can't fix ourselves. God is not waiting for us to try to make ourselves better. The way we come to him is aware of our sinfulness, aware of our need for a savior. And then, you know, the word of God tells us it is a free gift that we absolutely cannot earn it, that it is by the grace of God and we access it by faith. Lord, I believe. And because I believe, I confess you as Lord of my life. So if there is anybody that might be here tonight and you want to know more about that or you want to talk about uh, inviting them in your heart, maybe it's stirred up some questions. I know, you know, some of our pastors will be here, prayer teams will be here. Uh, if you're watching online, you can just reach out to the, you know, the church here. Uh, there's actually the, the text number where you can text and there's a whole follow-up on inviting Christ in your life. Uh, so, so however God is moving on and stirring hearts tonight, uh, I just encourage you, you, you know, press in and seek after him. Uh, he, 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 he's not willing that any would, would miss him. He wants everybody to come to salvation. Amen? And then just last thought as we close, you know, we talked about some of these things about being genuine. You know, I, I think the idea is, you know, we could flip that word genuine with mature. You know, I heard somebody say one time, and I kind of chuckled at it. Uh, they said, you know, a lot of times people say that age or that wisdom comes with age. But I have found that sometimes age travels alone. <laughs> right? So, you know, we can be in church. We could be in church for decades. But if we showed up at church thinking, I'm just supposed to come and hear it. I mean, it does us good. But it's game changer if we show up to say, I'm not just going to hear it. I'm going to do it. You know, so this idea of becoming more and more genuine, more and more mature. Yeah, maybe there's something that the Lord put his finger on tonight that he just wants us to deal with. That we would walk out of here just pursuing a more authentic, more genuine walk. Here's the great thing. The more genuine our walk is. See, see Jesus walking around on the earth. There was Jesus. And people were going, wow, this guy's amazing. We, we've... 
we've not heard from anybody the kind of things that this guy is sharing. And then at the same time, there was all the Pharisees and the religious leaders walking around. What a great parallel that is for us. Religion walking around everywhere. Jesus walking around among the people. I mean, everybody, uh, like, like people who are hungry for God, whether they were in the worst sin or they were living righteously, trying to do the best they knew how, man, if there was this much hunger, they were so attracted to Jesus. What was, who was it that was repelled by Jesus? It was those that were all trapped up in religion. So, so at the end of the day, it's relationship with him. Our religion is never going to save us. But our relationship with him is what's going to be the game changer. And the more genuine we are, the more they'll see him and not our religion. Our religion, not only is it not going to do anything for us, it's not going to do anything for anybody else. But our love for Jesus, living it out, walking it out, growing in him, that is going to be a fragrance to the world around us. You know, and that, that'll be what's attractional. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's pray and we'll be wrapped up. So, well, Father, tonight we're just so grateful for those who uh, entered the waters of baptism. God, we lift each one up before you now. And Lord, we pray that you would just pour out your Holy Spirit upon them. We thank you for their public profession that Jesus is Lord in their lives. And we do pray that you would continue to grow them, that you would continue to speak to them. Lord, we pray that you would continue to stir their hearts up to long for you, to press into you, to hunger for you. And we do pray, even as we spoke about this tonight, that their lives would be the aroma of heaven to all those around them. And Lord, then just for the rest of us here tonight is we've spent a few moments looking at what it is, or some of what it is anyway, to live as an authentic Christian, an authentic disciple. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, speak to us. And Lord, would you just show us any place where we have allowed religion, that form of of godliness, but there's no power and substance to it. Lord, any and every place where we've got religion as a substitute for knowing and obeying and walking with Christ, Lord, we just say we renounce all that stuff, that we want Jesus, that we want obedience, that we want surrender, and just together we confess afresh and anew, Jesus Christ, you are Lord and Savior of our lives. All this we pray in your precious name. Amen.